Hi there, and welcome to Dork Wars the Podcast, your galactic hub for all things Star Wars. My name is Blake, and I'm here with Wesley. What's up, dorks? And Andrew. Howdy. So this evening, we are without two of our flagship hosts for the podcast. Um, Grant has a lot of life stuff happening right now. Uh, nothing bad. Actually, all pretty positive. Uh, can't wait to have him back on. And Diedrich's just feeling under the weather. So we're going to try to man this ship by ourselves. <laughs> um, just the three of us. <laughs> yeah. So this week in North Carolina and Virginia, uh, where we all live... It has gotten warmer, and so a lot of pollen has been coming out, and I think everyone that's on this call right now has probably felt some kind of scratchy, itchy, stuffy nose, sneezing, that kind of thing. I I like North Carolina better, though. Yes, uh, North Carolina is the best. Yep, he's from North Carolina. Raise up. Take your shirt off. Raise up. It's been kicking my butt all week. Same for me. Yeah, as soon as I got home from work today, I laid down and took like a three-hour nap. I don't know if that helps or not, but <laughs> no, I'll tell you what helps, man. You got to take a hot shower. That's what helps, man. It'll it'll clear stuff up for a little bit for you. It always comes back, but well, I, I can tell you what I could really use, and that is the breathing apparatus that Darth Vader uses. Um, that would that would help me a lot, right? Now. <laughs> yes. Maybe f- take in the air and filter out all the pollen. So anyway, we're we're gonna try to uh, do this podcast, even though we're all itchy, scratchy, and sneezy. Whatever, <laughs> we'll edit out any sneezing or he- heavy wheezing uh, for your I'm- listening enjoyment, of course. But um, man, guys, I've been listening to another podcast, uh, another Star Wars podcast, and they were talking about Ewoks uh, <laughs> the other day, and. God, what do we think about... I love Ewoks. Oh, okay. There, there's a hot take. What do we think about Ewoks, uh, Andrew? What do you think about the Ewoks? Are you pro-Ewoks or you're against Ewoks? I'm anti-Ewok, dude. I hate them. They're useless. <laughs> They're absolutely useless. They only won the war for, you know, for the whole galaxy, but whatever. They didn't win the war. They were carried by Jedis who won the war. They were gracious enough to host the war to end it. <laughs> so do you think do you think uh, they filled out an application to the Empire like, oh yeah, we want to host the war here. Like they're making it sound like they put in an application. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. But uh, yeah, come to our planet so we can beat the crap out of you. <laughs> Imagine all the lodging accommodations they have to provide for and all the economic benefits they get from uh well, never mind. <laughs> so uh uh, tree hotels, um, <laughs> the, but on top of you got to think the uh, the eating accommodations were pretty good too. You could eat all of the uh, captives that you take because um, they were going to eat Luke and yeah. Han. <laughs> I wonder if they Leia for some reason. I wonder if the cannibals like do they eat themselves? No, nah, they they seem like a pretty tight group. They could have saved the entire planet. Honestly, now that they can bring tourism to the place. So many people can be eaten. It's amazing. <laughs> so you make uh, money from the economy, staying in the nice luxury treehouse hotels, and you also get food. That's that's awesome. Like then you can have like these high rises. You know, a couple hundred years later, after building the economy, <laughs> you got like a uh, urbanized indoor. 
But sadly, none of that could happen because when the second Death Star is destroyed, that should send a shockwave and flash fry every freaking Ewok that uh, that exists on Endor. So, so did it... When it blew up, did it land on Endor, or what? I don't remember that sequence exactly. Well, now we're getting now we're getting into sequel territory. But, but oh, episode nine. Where what planet did it go to to find the second Death Star ruins? I can't think of it right off the top of my head. The moon Kefbur. Oh, yes, the, and it's in the Endor system. Okay, so it it gravitated to a different moon that wasn't okay. Uh, or to a moon of Endor. Well, that's great. Is, is Endor a moon itself, or it, I, I can't remember? No, no. Endor is a planet. Okay. Yeah. You're thinking of Yavon. Yavon 4 is a moon. Gotcha. Yep. Okay, yeah, that, that's it. Yeah. Did but, you say Yavon? Yavon. Is that, Yavon is that how it's pronounced? Yavon. Yavon. I, yeah, oh, I say dude. Yavon. I was Yavon about to 4. say, dude. I thought... Yvonne Four. Yvonne Four. My favorite planet pronunciation is uh, Salukami because it, it's it's spelled like uh, Salakami, but after watching <laughs> Clone Wars, they're like Salukami. I'm like, oh, that's a cool name. I like that one. Planet What's Salami, planet? dude. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Planet Salami. <laughs> salami. With the with uh with moons of pepperoni, pepperoni, and paparazzi. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Peppuccini. But yeah, I, I'm not a big I'm not a big uh, Ewok fan myself. I, I think it was just a cheap move to to sell toys, and like people think they're cute, and I'm like, my wife is one of those people. She thinks they're cute, and I'm like, dude, that's like, just look at that weird gnarled face they have. Like they're they're like, if if you saw that thing looking at you in your window, like tell me you wouldn't like shoot at it or or try to do something or be just freaked out, you know. <laughs> See, but that's the thing about Ewoks. That's why, you know, I was kind of joking earlier, but the thing about Ewoks is that they're supposed to be cute. But at the same time, they're really deadly, and they eat us. They eat us. And that's supposed to be really scary, but it's not because they're so cute looking. They're like teddy bears. Mm-hmm. But I think that's the entire point, and I think it's actually a really smart race to have because they're like, if you were a human coming upon an Ewok, unless you knew about them, You'd want to kind of like introduce yourself, and then they would eat you. Yeah, they they, <laughs> they were definitely portrayed as little cute little teddy bears. Um, in uh, Return of the Jedi, it wasn't, and it wasn't really until I played Star Wars Battlefront Two, uh, and you know you had to, to survive the night on Endor and as a clone trooper and. and Oh, you so get uh, mauled by these bears, <laughs> dude. That's I was what... I was gonna about to bring that up. That is the creepiest game mode I think I've ever played. Because um, what, what we, we we call them the oogaboogas. We get oogabooged. Yeah, yeah. So running through running through as a clone or not a clone trooper, uh, stormtrooper. Well, you're running around as the stormtrooper, and all of a sudden you're. you're... What the heck is that? Uh... <laughs> Dead. Now you're an Ewok. <laughs> but if it was real life indoor, you would just be eaten. You know. Whenever we die, we get reincarnated as an Ewok. <laughs> now we're getting to some real philosophical um, Ewok lore here. Like when you <laughs> are eaten by an Ewok, do you just become an Ewok? I mean, it's... <laughs> the Ewoks are the Star Wars zombies. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. 
I would love to see a Force Ghost Ewok. But <laughs> <laughs> well, you can't. They're just reincarnated into an Ewok again. That's right. I want to see a battle with Darth Vader coming onto the field against just Ewoks, dude. That would be mm-hmm. insane. How many Ewoks could Darth Vader take? Like, they come in waves. Like, the first one, there's like 10 Ewoks come up, and he slices them down with lightsaber, and the next wave is like 30 Ewoks or whatever. <laughs> yeah, uh, dude, he could, uh, he could easily survive hundreds of Ewoks. I think he could easily survive hundreds. I don't know the oh, exact I agree. number, but hundreds. Uh, we'll do a number crunch on that, and we'll we'll get that we'll get that information to you in a later podcast. <laughs> make a make a poll. <laughs> yeah, we'll make a poll. So there's a good plug. Go like our Facebook page. We do have polls on there from time to time. Lots of good posts. Um, just go check it out. So I could talk about Ewoks for hours, but I don't know if the listeners would want to listen about Ewoks for hours. That was kind of our opening topic. I have a main topic for tonight. So guys, drum roll, please. We're going to talk about the chosen one, the prophecy of the chosen one. Who is the chosen one? Is there even really a chosen one? Like there's so much packed into this uh, through line story that it's kind of interweave throughout the prequels um it kind of works as the phantom menace of the original trilogy and you hear a little bit about it again in the sequel trilogy so this is just a storyline that hangs over the entire saga once we learn about it in the prequels so uh my question to you guys do you think that anakin skywalker is the chosen one? Oh gosh i would say no I don't think he was. Um, in, so, who started the prophecy? Like, was I know Qui Gon brought it up in Episode One. Obviously. So, canonically, it it was an old Force, um, I guess, mage, fortune teller. Mm-hmm. You know, because all all the Jedi can see into the future, so it was someone who was seeing way into the future and saw this chosen one supposedly. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that that prophecy was transcribed into a holocron. Um, unfortunately, I don't know if we have an exact readout of this prophecy. I'd yeah. like to see it. I'd like to know exactly what it says word for word. Um, because it, without having that knowledge, how can we make an informed decision on what being the chosen one even means? What is the chosen one chosen to do? Um, we know it's to bring balance to the force, but how is that balance achieved? That's something I think is is pretty important to know, and we don't. We don't know that. I think we do know that, and I believe, in my opinion, that yes, he is the chosen one because of that very reason. In my opinion, Anakin was the chosen one because he had to become Darth Vader so that what he could do was become a good guy in the end and bring balance to the force by getting rid of the one person who was trying to stay alive permanently for the rest of his life for eternity. Right. So, which thanks to the sequels, we know that he ultimately failed in that goal, but, Mm -hmm. uh, pre sequels, you know, maybe not, but that brings up an interesting kind of thought. Was he the chosen one at the time that he became a Sith Lord? Because balance, you think balance, well, at the end of Revenge of the Sith, there are two Jedi, uh, Yoda and Obi-Wan. Well, not really. There's actually tons of Jedi out there. Yeah, there's quite a few. 
But they're rare. They're more rare now than they were. They're more rare, so there's it's more balanced. But there's there's two like main Jedi, and then there are two Sith. Like there's always two Sith, um, and, and that's if you count like Cal Kestis. He was a pad one, so is, is he really a Jedi? Kanan was a pad one, so is he really a Jedi? Ahsoka doesn't claim to be a Jedi, so maybe that's quote unquote balance. But when we're talking about the Force, a lot of times we just think Sith and Jedi. Yeah, and that that's not the entirety of the force. The force is so much bigger. The force is everything, and mm-hmm. and we meet some force users who are not Sith or Jedi, like the Bindu and Rebels. Qui Gon um, may have been a gray Jedi, someone we consider in the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, he definitely leaned more Jedi. He was a Jedi, but um, it just it blows my mind that they think so. Uh, so much of themselves as Sith and Jedi, like they're the only ones with the Force, when that's not really true. So, so this is a dumb question. Like, what is a Jedi? Like, is that just someone who is strong with the good side of the Force, or is it much deeper than that? Well, I mean, it's it's a to be a Jedi, you have to be brought in by the Jedi Order. Yeah. So there is a Jedi Order. You you don't become a Jedi unless they approve you to. Yeah, it's like mm. the CIA. Yeah, it's an organization. I mean, really, if you think about it. Oh, it is. Yeah, yeah. You get invited. Just like the they scout you out. They don't just like they've. It's very similar. I'm pretty sure it's very similar to the way that you know Professor Xavier in the Mar or in the Marvel series. I like that. I like that reference. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Professor Xavier gets the kids when they're really young. And brings them into his school to help them deal with their mutant abilities. And it's sort of the same thing, except for they get the uh, the younglings. Uh, weird, weird term. Younglings, man. That's just <laughs> such a weird term. Like, it just sounds weird. I don't know why. I don't, why you got to add lings on the end of you? But anyways, they go grab the younglings when they're like babies. I, I don't even think... Um, I think they're like at least toddlers maybe when they take them from their parents. Like, it's pretty pretty early on so I, I don't even know how they find out who's force sensitive and who's not I, I don't know if that's been dis- um, explored in they the count up, they count up all the little midichlorians like ooh this, this baby <laughs> yeah, has but do you, where did that test come from like what kind yeah, of yeah exactly do you line up at your local capital uh, city on your planet and line up for a midichlorian test like <laughs> it's like your local your local uh, COVID test man Look, now I'm just imagining a poster like the Uncle Sam posters, um, but it's, it's Yoda. It's Master Yoda wants you to do your duty for the galaxy. <laughs> yes. you know, bring your kids in today for their free midichlorian test. <laughs> All-expense-paid trip to Coruscant. Um, it, sounds like, it sounds like a very just, traumatic experience like for the parents. Like I'm sure it's really challenging for them to part ways with their, you know, <laughs> their young child. Their kids, yeah. We but, just talked about um, that the other day. There's a there was a whole series that we were talking about where that that happens. Isn't that part of uh, the new comics? No, I think I think we're talking about the arc in Clone Wars where Cad Bane is sent to round up these the force sensitive children. No, 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 no. That's not no, yet. No. no, I, I think there you... was. Oh no, it was a comic. You're yeah, right. It was. Yep. You're right. Diedrich would probably know about that. Yeah, I think it was Diedrich that was talking about it. Oh, man, I brought up a reference that none of us can talk about. Let's continue. (laughs) (laughs) 
just kind of segueing off the younglings, how do you know midichlorians, all that. Uh, where were we exactly before so, we get there? So I think we should touch on, um, I think, one of the another big things. I think another big argument of why Anakin was the chosen one to bring balance to the Force, I believe, in my opinion, the Jedi Order was a little out, getting a little out of hand. And they were a little bit too political, a little bit too... Uh, I don't want to say it's like a dictatorship because it's some type of government that like none of us could have ever experienced because it's so many different worlds that are being ruled by them. It's just like you can kind of see how the Empire could be the good guys in this situation. And so Anakin killing all of the younglings, just like you're talking about, kind of brought balance to the force. Yeah, um... Right, and we were talking about being just Jedi and Sith, and that there are two Jedi, two Sith in the, in the whole galaxy, or close to that. There's more balance now in the universe. But that I, rule was started by Palpatine's master, wasn't it? Just because they wanted to live forever, wasn't that why the that rule, rule of two? That yeah, was actually Darth Bane. I don't. Uh, this may or may not be canon right now. Um, I'm, uh, I'm sure it will be though. But the, the rule of two was uh, brought about by Darth Bane a thousand years before the the uh, the prequel trilogy abouts, I think. I think it's somewhere in there, about a thousand okay, years. so that's probably legend. Because, um, yeah, that's when they, uh, they say, we haven't seen Sith in a thousand years or whatever. But, yeah, I just think it's, it's very narrow-minded to, to hear this prophecy and think it just means Sith and Jedi. But the prophecy was made by a Jedi, so it just could be a prophecy for the Jedi, and maybe not the Force itself. Um, maybe that's the, what the, the Jedi. Sorry, maybe that's what the Boomer uh, uh, Jedi believed in, because <laughs> you really only hear that conversation brought up by like, the older Jedi who've been around for a while. Um, and Jedi. but a lot of them discounted. Most Jedi sure. discount that. Yeah, even yeah, even within the Jedi, they they sort of debate kind of debated or disagreed on the you know the factuality of it yeah they they the jedi hubris really makes them think very much of themselves um and they none of them even really believed it it seemed looking at you mace windu um (laughs) exactly (laughs) they so it's it's not even clear that the Jedi, jedi really believed that there was a chosen one anyway. Yeah, I would say that, like, I mean, it's a pretty good argument that the only person that believed in it was Qui-Gon Jinn. The only person right. that talked about it was Qui-Gon Jinn. And yeah, at least in a negative light, or excuse me, in a positive light. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's a that's a good, that's an, off topic a little bit, but that's another great piece of I, evidence oh, of why Qui-Gon Jinn is definitely a great Jedi. I, Obi-Wan may have believe in it too because i know the conversation well, between oh yeah go ahead no 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 go uh, i was gonna say like you no know, the conversation between mace windu and obi-wan you know mace windu said like if the prophecy is true your apprentice is the only one who can bring the force back into balance obi-wan right. definitely and... didn't believe it dude he only did that because qui-gon Jin wanted him to and i mean well i haven't seen but all it, of the clone his wars. conversation with his conversation with anakin he says you were supposed to be the chosen one Yep. You were supposed to bring balance to the Force. You were supposed to destroy the Sith, not join them. Uh, he definitely believed it. You, you listen to those words. Yeah. And he's so compassionate about it. And maybe, uh, well, not maybe, if you watch Rebels, he shifts that view. He believes in the Chosen One. And he did believe it was Anakin. 
And mm-hmm. you fast forward a little bit into Rebels, and you see when he's having his last uh, fight with Darth Maul. And I know oh, we yeah. brought this up a c- couple episodes now in a row. But that last fight with Darth Maul where he kills Darth Maul, um, Darth Maul asks him, is he the chosen one? Speaking of Luke, the kid he was watching over. And Obi-Wan says, yes, he's the chosen one. He didn't say, I think he's the chosen one. He didn't say, maybe he's the chosen one. He said, he is the chosen one. So then you could say, um, you could argue that in the beginning, because it's very, very clear in the very beginning that Obi-Wan had no faith. He had zero faith in this boy being the chosen one. He obviously didn't believe Qui-Gon. But I think because of his connection with Qui-Gon and his respect, he, you know, bonded with Anakin, obviously, through Clone Wars, through Rebels, and that's why, you know, episode three is when he's saying and believing that so that thing. Right. Yeah, I, I think you're exactly right, Andrew. I, you know, I I think uh, just Obi-Wan's connection with Qui-Gon and over time, just his relationship with these people, he, he grew to accept that prophecy and believe it as true. Well, but let's I, look at... Oh, keep going. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I had a, one more thought. Um, But beyond that lineage, right, between... You don't really see others really believe in that prophecy. Um, yeah. But that's it. But um, let's fast forward, or not fast forward, let's look at a story arc in Clone Wars, uh, the Mortis arc. And this is actually one of my favorite arcs in Clone Wars where Obi-Wan, Anakin, and Ahsoka are transported to Mortis with these Force gods. Um, oh, and there's the, yeah. the father the daughter and the son or excuse me the fa- the father the sister and the brother rather and the father is is dying the the celestial force being is dying and he wants Anakin to take his place mm-hmm. so some even believe that it was Anakin's destiny to take his place there maybe that's where he was supposed to be the chosen one and he rejects that destiny for himself ah uh, that's deep yeah, the, the that series of episodes, it was um, it was complicated, right? Like I, I remember reading some articles afterwards, trying to understand what just happened, like what are these episodes about, and it was just very, very, a lot, a lot of information, a lot of details. Yeah, it's it's crazy to see that there's like four celestial beings, and they communed with Obi Wan. Anakin and Ahsoka, and I believe uh, Obi Wan's voice was also heard on Mortis as not uh, Qui Gon Jinn's voice was heard on Mortis as well because the Force is so strong there. So I I think it was Anakin's duty to keep the sister and the brother in check and to keep that balance. And it's all about balance on Mortis. There's the father who keeps balance between the good, which is the sister, and the evil, which is the brother, or the light side, which is the sister, and the dark side that is the brother. So, could it have been that's where Anakin's destiny was leading him, and he rejected it? That's an int- yeah, that's a very interesting take there. Um, yeah, so, yeah, that altar of Mortis, it's a very complex place, right? It holds a lot of power, uh, especially to the Force, and it kind of reveals a lot of new information about the Force and what it is. And and But for me, it raised a lot more questions um, and, and more than answers. Yeah, I think it was an arc that's left to leave you thinking that that Anakin's supposed to be this chosen one, and is his destiny to to reign on Mortis and to keep the the Force balance there, or is it something to do with the movies, something to do um, in the main timeline of Star Wars that we see through the saga? Um, those are answers we probably may we may never get, and I, I hope we do. 
it's it's interesting ground to cover and to look at. Um, yeah, for sure. That as uh, a, I just want to say real quick, in the Rebels, like the, some of the final episodes, uh, you recognize that Jedi Temple, like the the art that was moving. That it was it was the altar of Mortis people. Um, those, those gods that you're referring to. Yeah, and it was the that was the gateway to the world between worlds, yes. yep. which is a place that is astronomically more um, ambiguous than we can even talk about right now. I think we're going to have a whole episode on the world between worlds, but mm-hmm. I would like to know a little bit more about it uh, before we get there. Exactly. Um, just a kind of a side note in Legends, there's actually a um, there's a storyline in the later books. And it's Fate of the Jedi, I believe, is the book series. Some of the last ones they made before Disney took ownership of Lucasfilm. Mm-hmm. Um, where there was a fourth being on Mortis called Abeloth. And she wasn't the mother, exactly. She was like a handmaiden at first. And they they loved her or whatever. And she became this just evil entity that got um, trapped into Centerpoint Station. And... Just an amazing storyline, but anyways, that's a little off topic. I I, I kind of like that uh, approach, you know, like just to find out there are these gods out there that sort of controlling and the the balance of the force, and you know you can introduce other gods like that, kind of make it like a Greek mythology. Uh, I, I like that. A lot of opportunity. Yeah, it's definitely a lot of lore and a lot of opportunity to explore the more celestial side of the force yeah yeah so how about at the end of anakin's life um where he's just become anakin again after turning back to the light side is could that be where he's the chosen one where he's destroyed palpatine or presumably destroyed palpatine and brought the jedi to a place where they can begin again and start fresh where there's really only one jedi and now he's going to go throughout the galaxy and spread hope and peace. Um, I think many people kind of look at that moment as his true destiny as the Chosen One. See, but I disagree. I Yes, I think he was the Chosen One. You know, I believe that. But also, I believe that the Chosen One was made up. Pretty sure Palpatine, <laughs> you know, put his... Didn't... I mean, it's isn't it... Or isn't it... Um canon that palpatine edited his dna not even edited so and it's and this is never explicitly stated in the comics i believe it's darth vader comic number 10 that i think believe that's the last <laughs> vader comic um but at the end of it there is this creepy visual of palpatine behind shmi skywalker with some creepy magic force hands and it seems that he's manipulating the midichlorians and the the cells inside Shmi. So what? it is assumed in canon that um, Emperor Palpatine created Anakin. Well, see, I wouldn't say that he created. I think he planted. Uh, I think it was all sort of planned. I mean, at this point, isn't he really, really old? Wouldn't that make him really wise and really smart? I mean, how did he become a senator and a Sith Lord? Like, I think that the whole thing was planned. I think that he didn't edit his GNA. He didn't create him. All he did was add midi-chlorians. He, he had the wisdom to plan out a whole clone trooper war and, you know, manipulate all, all the factors that went into that. So, yeah, I, I wouldn't put it past, past him to, you know, have this huge under mining plot which 
with the chosen one. I mean, but even just... the beginning, even the beginning of Anakin Skywalker is a mystery at this point because we always assume that the Force created Anakin because Shmi had an immaculate conception. There was no father. And really? we look at that, and it's like, yeah, in, in episode one, she explicitly says it. Uh, Qui-Gon asks, who's the boy's father? And she says, there there was no father. Oh, oh yeah. So it, oh, here's, a, yeah. here's another conspiracy theory. Maybe he did create Anakin, and that's why Rise of the Skywalker is called Rise of the Skywalker, because Rey is a Skywalker. Palpatine. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like that at all. Think about all these loopholes we have to come up with because of the sequels, dude. Right. But uh, just looking at the beginning of Anakin, it it makes me think, did Palpatine just create him from the Force with the help of Shmi, uh, Shmi's womb, you know? Uh, Did he... Did she was she already pregnant with him, and he manipulate the midichlorians inside of her? Who knows? And why did he why did he pick Shmi of all people? What made her so great? And I I would like to know because we find out in episode three that Palpatine wants help discovering how to manipulate the midichlorians to stay alive forever and to to cheat death, and he wants Anakin to help him do that. But if he if he already knows how to create life through midi-chlorians, why would he need help finding out how to do that exact same thing to himself? Mm. These are all good questions. I can't argue. Dang. Yep, and and this is why I wanted to talk about this subject, because it's, it's so deep, and it only gets deeper the more lore we get and the more um, background we get on Darth Vader and Palpatine through the comics and through all this um, extraneous media that's that's been coming out. So, I think that wraps up our... Anakin Skywalker talk. Does anyone think that Luke Skywalker is the chosen one? Nope. I don't know. I think uh, if 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 he is, I think we're going to be finding out soon because didn't they just announce uh, Mandalorian 3 is going to either have a Luke Skywalker spinoff or he's going to be heavily featured? I don't know the specifics of that um, claim, but I do know there's definitely rumors of a Luke Skywalker show. And, oh, I'd love to see a Luke Skywalker show. But when we talk about Luke Skywalker being the chosen one, it's because he would have brought balance to the Force. And this is something that Obi-Wan believed Luke would do. And maybe Luke turning Vader back to the light side is what makes him the chosen one. Definitely had a role in it, for sure. For sure. Right. And... You know, he's he's Anakin's son. They share DNA. And, you know, is it is Anakin the chosen one for turning back to the light and destroying Palpatine? Or is Luke the chosen one because he's the only one who could have brought <laughs> Vader back from the dark side? That's the thing with the prophecy. It's like, what? either way, it's fulfilled, right? You can make an argument either way, which one. Um, so that's why I think the prophecy was a little outdated and kind of vague in that sense. Yeah, and and who knows if that's what the prophecy even means. And I think this is why I don't really care for the storyline in general. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't care for the Chosen One storyline. I would have been okay with Anakin just being a really good Jedi and Anakin just being 
an amazing fighter pilot and Anakin just being really strong with the force and he turned bad. Uh, He didn't have to be the chosen one for it to be a great Star Wars film. It would have been a great great series. It would have been a great film if that's exactly it. They were just, they would constantly just be like, oh my God, he's six years old and he can do that. (laughs) It's like, they don't have to say he's this, you know, Jesus style character. Right, and we go through the entire original trilogy and know nothing about the prophecy, know nothing about a chosen one, and we still get to the end of that. And, of course, the original trilogy is thought to be the best trilogy. And, I mean, that's something I agree with. That's an opinion. Um, But I I think that the whole chosen one prophecy storyline really hurt the prequels because they, they didn't focus enough on it for it to be relevant. Mm-hmm. But they didn't put enough effort into it for us to really have an answer or to, to, to even be able to begin to, to try to understand what it's all really about. Exactly. The fact that the second, uh, we call it sequel trilogy, didn't even refer to it or mention it or anything or, you know, say, hey, Palpatine's still alive. Uh, what happened to that prophecy way back when? They didn't even bring it up. So I think it didn't it didn't pass the test of time. I, I don't. I, that's why I think it. It's not legit. Yeah, the Chosen One prophecy was not mentioned in the sequels. And I think for them to connect all the trilogies, they should have brought it up. Um, Even though I don't care for the storyline, it's canon. It's in there. It's something that we all know about. It hangs over the entire saga now. It should have been addressed in the sequel trilogy. Oh, yeah. I I think that that kind of goes to the writers, maybe maybe to a certain degree. Yeah. you know, like you say, it could have connected all three of these trilogies together, but now it's just like a piece that was abandoned, and now Star Wars fans like us are like, what was that about? <laughs> right. So now, what do we think about Ray Palpatine Skywalker? Do you think she hyphens her last name? Do you think she goes Ray Palpatine <laughs> slash Skywalker? <laughs> I hope so, because that's awesome. <laughs> Dude, it would really... I hope she doesn't have to like fill out any forms on Tatooine or wherever the heck she's going to live now. Because um, I don't even think you can put Palpatine slash Skywalker like, on, a, on a form. You know who doesn't have to hype in their name anymore? Who? Ben Solo hyphen Skywalker. <laughs> uh, I don't think he had a hyphen in his name. He was just Ben he Solo. He could have, though. Eh, I guess so. He was he was definitely thought more in the Skywalker light than he was a Solo light, but anyway, um, what, Ray, I think the whole sequel trilogy makes it out to seem that Ray is the chosen one. She is for now, until you know they make another trilogy and Palpatine's <laughs> still alive. <laughs> Star Wars Episode Eighteen. You'll never guess who's back. <laughs> oh, Palpatine. Palpatine's back again. (laughs) Those darn kids and their lightsabers. Didn't see that coming. Um, Yeah, I I think the use of Palpatine in the sequel trilogy was just... uh, They shouldn't have done it. Like, he's been the bad guy the whole time. I understand that connects all three trilogies, I guess. But it was was lazy writing. Oh, God, it was lazy writing. (laughs) But um, you, you look at that final scene in Rise of Skywalker, or one of the final scenes... Where Ray and Palpatine are, are going at it, they're I'm all the Sith, and 
she's all the Jedi, and they're going at it, and it finally seems that the Sith are going to be destroyed because Rey conquers the Sith, destroys Palpatine, and thereby destroying all the Sith. Um, ben Solo turns to the light side. We have this this whole touching reunion. Ben Solo revives Rey using the Force healing that Palpatine and Anakin sought after so much, and it costed him his life, which is a side effect that uh, Palpatine probably wouldn't like very much, but <laughs> he was able to accomplish the power that they were after, even though he was a light side user at the time. And he revives Ray, and now she's the is she the chosen one? Now is is Ben Solo the chosen one because he revived Ray, and now she can go out and spread light and hope to all the the galaxy. There's so many questions, and I think the sequel trilogy really sets it up for Ray to be the chosen one that we hear about through the entire prequel trilogy. And it just seems kind of like a Phantom Menace that's hanging in the background. Um, something that's not explicitly said, but we all have in the back of our minds, like she just destroyed the Sith. I guess she's the chosen one. <laughs> what about Grogu? What if Grogu is the chosen one? What if I'm the chosen one? Blake, mm. you are the chosen one. You're my chosen one. <laughs> All right. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> and now we bring you Dork Wars the podcast after dark. No, um, <laughs> it's, it's after ten thirty. Oh, can we finally talk thing. about Luke and Leia, dude? <laughs> Maybe that'll be May the fourth next year. May the fourth this year is Darth Jar Jar. Yep. And I know we're plugging this pretty hard, but Darth Jar Jar May the fourth. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it gets to the point where who's this? everyone's a chosen one. Everyone is a chosen one. Everyone's special. Everyone, everyone gets a trophy. Um, every, everyone's the chosen one. I am all the Jedi. All the Jedi are chosen ones. It's, it, it gets a little out of hand. And I think we should have had more explicit direction on who to take as the chosen one. I think that we should have had just, just more focus on that storyline. So I, I just read like an interesting couple sentence about Ray and the chosen one, and I, I'm just trying to wrap, wrap my mind around it. It says that she's not the chosen one, but she fulfilled the chosen one's mission. I'm like, huh? I, I'm trying. Is that possible? Is it possible to do both, or, or you know, not be the chosen one, but you fulfill that mission? How can you not be the chosen one, but? Do the chosen one mission. It's a good question. I mean, by doing the chosen one mission, you therefore become the chosen one. Because the whole theory behind any kind of chosen one is that there's only one person, hence the chosen person, that can do that. No one else can do it because there's only one person who can do it. The chosen one. So if Ray's not the chosen one, Ray cannot complete the mission of the chosen one. Chosen one. And this is this is where the storytelling and the writing really let us down. I think especially in the sequel trilogy, it wasn't great in the prequel trilogy. I don't like the prequel trilogy bringing it up in the first place, but mm-hmm. the sequel trilogy just kind of like left it cold, didn't tell us any more about the prophecy, and now it's like, is there a prophecy? What what what's up with that? I'm wondering if if in that era the second sequel trilogy era, like, would anyone even know about it? 
because I feel well, like everyone that knew about it was the, dead. Well, that's true. Did did Luke even know about the prophecy of the Chosen One? He may. They, do, did they save that Jedi holocron when uh, Order 66 went down? Who knows? That's a good point. Maybe they didn't even know about a Chosen One. Hmm. Maybe, but you would think that Force Ghost Yoda, Anakin... Obi-Wan would kind of clue Luke in. You know, he can still commune with those Force spirits. So <laughs> it, it just it just seems like a letdown, I think. Because if you're going to continue yeah. the Skywalker saga, you have to continue the story of the Chosen One. I mean, that's just... That's true. It goes without saying. And, for, and the writers not doing that lets it down. Yeah, just for, like, continuity reasons alone, they should have, con- you know, continued those parallels. And, and I guess the devil's advocate for that is that maybe they thought that the, the prophecy was fulfilled in Return of the Jedi, possibly. But I find that a lazy excuse because it wasn't because Palpatine's still alive. Yeah. <laughs> but there would only be one Sith and one Jedi. Luke, one Jedi. Palpatine, one Sith. Still living out there. Now that we've come up with all these different theories, we're going to let you, the Dork Lords, decide what you want to believe about the Chosen One. At the end of the day, I really think that that's where you have to go with it. Each Star Wars fan is going to have a different view and a a different kind of answer for the Chosen One and the prophecy. And with that, we come to the close of another episode of Dork Wars the Podcast. Thank you for the support. Go like our Facebook page. That's facebook.com forward slash Dork Wars the Podcast. Go like our Twitter um, at Dork Wars Podcast. Comment on our stuff. Go like our our polls that we're going to be having out. Go like our Facebook statuses. Go like our tweets. Uh, We actually now have a TikTok as well. And I believe that's just Dork Wars the Podcast or Dork Wars Podcast. If you type in Dork Wars the Podcast, you'll probably find us. So, thank you everyone and may the Force be with you. Thank you for supporting Dork Wars, the podcast. You can check us out on facebook.com forward slash Dork Wars, the podcast. And if you would like to join in on the discussion or maybe suggest topics for us to discuss, please do so by joining our Discord community or sending us an email at dorkwarspodcast at gmail.com. This has been a... Oh, God. Back from the netherworld of the Force. Production.